Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. 99.9 KISW Metal Shop. I am the Beard hanging out here with Chad Gray of Hell Yeah. The Beard. The Beard. How's it going, man? Why do they call you the Beard? I don't know. This thing just grows every morning. What can I say? I keep shaving and pops back out of my face. That's amazing. Yeah. It's got the same thing going on. So the the new album, Welcome Home, is out now. How are you feeling now that the album's out? It feels great to have it out. And uh, we turned it in um, uh, it's pretty pretty wild. We turned it in like the um, in um, in October, and then the, it didn't release until the following September. Wow! Which I've never had, you know, a record or. You know, they set it up that for that long. That, but we, that's that's a long. Yeah, they, we did the gratis tracks, you know, and stuff, and you know, just so people could kind of um, see what we were doing and stuff. But yeah, it's I mean, it's good. It's, it's great to have it out. It's great to be out supporting it. Uh, it's great to be able to uh, to um, to not only do the celebration of life for Vinny, but to do it for Dime, and we feel like we're doing it for a lot of uh, a lot of our heavy metal heroes and stuff. So Vinny was the muse for it, but at the end of the day, it's really about. It's about all the all of our uh, heavy metal saviors. Well, let's uh, let's throw it back a little bit. Uh, what do you remember the first time you heard Pantera? Oh God, yeah. What what was the song? What, what was that uh, moment? Yeah, like? I think it would have had to be Cowboys from Hell, um, obviously. And it was probably who knows, probably would have been like probably Headbangers Ball or something. I would imagine, you know. But um, maybe. But I also remember hearing it with a friend of mine. And me and this dude, literally, he had a old POS, you know, Mustang. And we literally drove around and listened to that record for nine months. And I swear to God, if, if you didn't know who Pantera was, we didn't even want to know you. You know, <laughs> it was just like, it was crazy. We were so, so into it. And then um, after about nine months of that song, and I told Vinny this story probably a million times, and he'd always entertain me and allow me to tell it again, uh, uh, they did uh, three warm-up shows for Vulgar. Uh, one of them was at a place called Mississippi Nights in, uh, or not Mississippi Nights, uh, Club 367 in St. Louis, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And me and about eight dudes piled into a box truck, all of us in the back of the box truck, and uh, drove down to this show. And um, it was it was an old, it was like a, probably about 2,000, 2,500 seats. And I mean, it was just balls to the wall. There's no barricades, like this is way back in the day, you know, and this is before Vulgar came out. So these were like, like I said, like three warm-up shows or whatever that they did. And Vulgar didn't actually come out for like another maybe four or five months, which was weird. Um, but they just wanted to go out and play. So they went out and played and, you know, and we, and we everybody went off and it was amazing. And, and uh, so that was the first time I saw them, in a, but I saw them 14 times through their career, multiple times per uh, album, obviously. Lucky. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, yeah. I was I was very fortunate. I saw him. so many different, uh, so many different, um, so many different bands. You know, open and formed. Uh, one time I saw him. 
obviously I think it was uh, Trend, Trend Kill, I think it was, uh, it was I Hate God, Deftones opening, and um, White Zombie. You wow, know, that's so, a hell of a lineup. Yeah, so there, was, there was a lot of those like that. They played play with Neurosis a lot, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. Morbid Angel, obviously, stuff like that. So yeah, I saw him, saw him many, 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 many times. So how did you end up meeting Vinnie Paul? How, how, did, how did the whole... <laughs> How did you come to be in a band together? How did yeah, that that's weird, that right? <clears throat> um, we, well, Tom and I started a band. Uh, we, had, we had met uh, Tattoo the Earth uh, in 2000, and we got on, like, first night. You know, they, they were uh, they were headlining second stage, Nothing Face. Mudvayne was uh, uh, on uh, main stage uh, with Headpiece and Slipknot and Slayer, and uh, that was amazing. And then... Um, and then uh, me and Tom just got on really great and we broke down. And then um, it took about, <coughs> so that would have been like 2000. Yeah, it would have been 2000. So it took five years, maybe, maybe it was three years, four years before we got together. We wrote one song. We wrote Wage You More that's actually on the first Hell Yeah record. Uh, but it took six years to bring Hell Yeah to fruition, you know. And, wow. Um, in 06, um, you know, we started getting like, started getting like mutterings from Jerry, the first bass player, like, hey man, I think Vinny wants to do this. I'm like, Vinny Paul, what? Like, what? You know, and then next thing you know, we're, I'm on the phone with him, 14 minutes and 38 seconds, I'll never forget that. Uh, and then uh, a month later, I was on a flight to Dallas and we got in a room and just started, just started writing. And we didn't, we had no clue as to what we wanted to be. We just we just wanted to get in a room and write, and um, you know I think Vinny Vinny really needed it. You know I mean it was um, music music is very cathartic, very therapeutic. Mm -hmm. um, you know Vinny had mourned about at that point you know several years uh, for the loss of Dime as we all did, and uh, yeah he just I, I think he saw that as an opportunity to fly a flag for his brother you know and to carry the torch for Dime, and uh, we were we were happily happy to oblige. Uh, that that um, that want for him, you know. So, so during the course of this time, since this is a tribute to Vinnie Paul, what can the fans do at the show to pay proper tribute? What would Vinnie want the fans to be doing? Oh at the man, show? just you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Like you're supposed to just go and 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 follow into it and, and embrace the moment. And um, you know that's what he would want. Uh, is for he loved, he loved to make people, he loved to make people happy on every level. He was such a generous, gracious human being, but he really loved to bring people together with music, you know what I mean? So, you know, that's all we're asking is that people come out, you know, we did the, we did the one show in, um, you know, that, that's all we talked about doing after Vinny passed. We did the one show in Vegas and I swear to God, man, probably within two measures of that, you know, we had puke. You know, we had the puke buckets downstage edge, and we didn't know what we were getting into. And probably within the first two measures of the first song, it felt like the world had been lifted off of me. Because I felt like Benny was there. I felt like Dime was there. Um, I was looking out over the, in the eyes of, of all those people. You know, uh, we had all been mourning for so long. And I think that that was like, it's almost like a switch for us to... To move to to shut off the morning switch and to turn on the celebration switch, right? You know, and um, you know, a very cathartic uh, therapeutic moment for me 
personally and we got done man as soon as we walk off stage i was just with those dudes and i'm like did you see everybody did you see how together we were did you see how much that brought everybody together like we have to keep this going we have to keep um doing doing the good work for van and dime and, and, and everybody and take this around the country so people can experience what we just experienced because i don't think you can fully um I don't think you can fully let go of that mourning and grieving process until you do get in that room with those people and until you do experience that music. You know what I mean? Right. And experience in the name of Vinny. You know yeah. what I mean? What he would want. And uh, it was it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. You know. Well, so so we're, we we just took it around, man. And I mean, every night's a new night, and uh, we've had a lot of fun with it. And um, you can see you can see the people people's faces. Um, um, you can see it. I can feel it. I choose to believe that Vinny's with us every night. I choose to believe that Dime's with us every night, that Jeff Hanman's with us every night, that Chester Bennington's with us every night, that Chris Cornell's with us every night, that Lance Daly's with us every night, that, you know, Kirk Cobain's with us every night, and Jimi Hendrix and, and Lemmy and Ronnie James. And, like, it just lists those on and on, right? Yeah. You know, and you just want to kind of just do the right thing. Yeah, carry the carry the torch, you know, like they talk. Carry the to. torch for Melville, man. I mean, exactly. absolutely, and it's it's a real it's a really good time, man. But it's it's fun how we've, uh, you know, Vinny was the muse, the inspiration uh, for this to happen. But then uh, just every night, I've just kind of turned it into more about being much larger than um, certainly anyone in the in the building, and much larger than even Vinny, and yeah. much larger than Dime. It's like it's just and the and then and those and those people are. God size, they were huge. Of course, enormous. Well, Their personalities. Spe speaking of carrying the torch, um, your band has obviously opened the door to to metal for all kinds of gener generations and brought a whole new crop of people into it. Um, right. What were some of the bands that you got in that got you into it in the first place, dude? I mean, you, like when you were when you were a young kid, what was the first metal record? Oh, uh, my got? first, like my first heavy metal record would yeah. have been like a Too Fast for Love. That one was awesome. like a Sick. really really great uh, great album. But then, I mean, it was crazy. It was like, you know, I got at that. I was like, shot the devil. And then from there, it was just like heavier and heavier. I was like, in, you know, it was like Slayer's probably my all-time favorite band. I just love that the, that band has ne never deviated, man. They've always been Slayer. And I have so much mad respect for those guys. Um, I love the melody of Slayer, uh, the, which Slayer does have melody. I love the, <laughs> the, the heavy, the heaviness of Slayer. Obviously Metallica, obviously Megadeth, the big four, obviously. Um, but, you know, you know, you just keep going, man, because music just kept growing. It's like about, I just mentioned earlier, like Lane Staley, you know, Alice in Chains. It's, you know, not, not necessarily say to your quintessential heavy band, but what a heavy band, you know? Oh, yeah. And, um, you know. I mean, Jerry Cantrell but, has the riffs. Yeah, and Lane had the pipes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, um, you know, but obviously, you know, Slipknot and, and, and um, you know, those guys, you know, um, my, you know, my band. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously your, your music taste seems to be all over the metal realm. Are there a couple, th are there, is there anything outside of metal that you listen to that people might be surprised to find out that you're into? Uh, I'm mostly a metalhead. <laughs> yeah. I'm mostly a metalhead, but I mean, you know, you just, you get into music, you know, just, just like just good music. I grew up on, you know, um, my mom was young when she had me. She was still a kid. She was only 17. So, I mean, I grew up 
up with the Eagles and Sabbath and Frampton and like, you know, um, dude, everybody had that frantic comes right, to right, yeah. It's like the, it's like they were sending them in the mail, yeah, like AOL yeah, yeah. discs. Steve, Steve Miller and uh, you know all that. Ish. Like I grew up, I grew up on that. You know, um, you know, see Motorhead and and, and um, Ozzy. Obviously, I already said Sabbath, but and then after that, Ozzy and stuff like that. But I was always into like the classic rock stuff. I yeah. really loved classic rock, man. But it was because that was my life. You know, my mom was you know, 17 years old, uh, you know, when I was born. So she was still being a kid. So when she was 20, I was three, you know, like the crew, the, you know, this is back in the days, like cruising the strips and, you know, car hops and that dish, you know, um, badass cars, muscle cars. And, um, you know, me sitting on the back seat playing Hot Wheels, you know, listening to all this great music that was on the radio at the time, you know, Hell like, yeah. you know, do you feel Peter Fram, what, 10 minutes long? That was a radio track. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, it was a great radio track. It was track. a great radio it's track. It's an awesome song. Like you said, and then, you know, back to the, you know, back to the Eagles and just all that switch. So what, Aerosmith. What, what was the moment that you realized that you wanted to be a part of that? What, what made you want to pick up the mic and, and well, start I would, I mean, you would, have to, you would have to go to that, you know, um, you would have to go to that, that moment of like, you know, too fast for love and just that whole dangerous attitude, um, you know, that, uh, that kids like me really loved and gravitated mm. toward, you know, you know, the, the, you know, just, yeah, dangerous, you know, GNR, all that dish, you know what I mean? Like whatever, you know, I, I feel it, man. So we're getting close to the end of the decade as uh, 2020 comes to a close. What is the future looking like for hell? Yeah. Are there, are there any words uh, that you would use to describe this? This past decade of your life, and what are you what are you planning to do for for the future? It's been awesome. Last yeah. decade's been awesome. Last couple decades have been awesome. You know, they've been painstaking, and you know, they're just like anything else, man. You know, yeah. right? It's like we can all pick out a moment in the last decade that was probably life changing and great, and you know, we can also, you know, I can name two right off the top of my head that took my breath away and made me the saddest I've ever been. You know, you know, there's always an ebb and a flow. You know, you can you can always find that one great moment, and you're you're certainly always going to be able to find that one terrible moment. So, you know, you just gotta you just have to embrace life and um, and just keep pushing. But uh, you know, I'm I'm always excited to see um, what's to come. You know what I mean? Right. Because um, you know, music is ever changing, ever evolving, um, and uh, so that's always exciting. You know, to see to see what we have coming around the bend. You know, um, but yeah. Any any spoilers? Is is there any anything <laughs> big coming down the pipelines? I don't really think. I mean, just whatever. You know, I don't know. You never you never know. I mean, you never know. Just waiting to figure out the next. Yeah, step well, then. you do. Well, you'll just yeah, do, yeah. well, not necessarily me as much as just you know, or anything that I'm doing. Just like just wonder. I wonder what music is going to deliver us. You know, because you know we've seen uh, you know over the last ten years we've seen. Uh, you know, new music, some some stuck and some faded and like that, you know, so we'll just have to see. Well, speaking of music, uh, your, once again, your newest album, Welcome Home, came back out in September, and I know it's kind of like fi- choosing a favorite child, but what are some of your favorite songs on the album? What, well, what are the ones you really look forward to playing Welcome live? Home. Welcome Home is probably my favorite track because it was the first track, you know, that was the first track we wrote on this record, and that one just gave me fits, and, um, <clears throat> And uh, 
I love that track because like when you hear that song, there's so much emotion in that track. You would think when you hear that track that that was post Vinny. Mm-hmm. Vinny heard that song a million times. Vinny loved that song, you know? So um, that's kind of a, you know, a spoiler alert to people like that because just the, the natural raw emotion and the lyric lyrical content of that song very much feels like something that would have been post Vinny passing, but that's just how I write period. You know, um, you know, why are my feelings are lost like a welcome home and just how it all applied and how it all came around and just everything. And then, uh, you know, I remember writing that, uh, that lyric and coming up with that, that was the name of the track. And, uh, you know, we got to the end of the record and we're like, you know, kind of like, what are we going to call the record? What are we going to call the record kind of thing? And I'm just like, what about welcome home? You know, now it had taken on a whole new meaning. It, it really know, works. Because, it works well and yeah. it ties everything together. Well, that, that song was written and I kind of had that little lightning in, the model, lightning in a bottle moment with writing that song and coming up with that name. But then after Vinny passed and then, you know, we're down, we're further down the rabbit hole and we're like further along and we're like, what are we going to name the record? You know, there was different song titles and stuff like that. I'm like, what about what we did when I felt like we caught lightning in a bottle with Welcome Home for a song title? Like, what about, because now the song, that title, Welcome Home, has really taken on a whole new meaning from when it was written because it was written pre Vinny's passing. Right. But now you've got this thing, Welcome Home, and Vinny going home, so to speak, to be with his brother, to be with his mother, to be with, you know, uh, his people. And feeling like uh, Vinny was always watching out for us, you know? And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that was like a no-brainer. It was like, welcome home. That should be the name of the album. Yeah. You know? And because, it, like I said, it did take on a new responsibility and a new meaning and a new life. And, uh, and it, was, uh, it was a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing when you think to look at it that Vinny is home. That he did go home. He's still with us. I believe it fully. Um, but if I know one thing about that man, he loved no one more than he loved his brother. And every day was heartache for him being away from Dime. As much as we carried that torch for Dime, which we were happy to do, when he went to go be with him again, it's finally got to stop. It hurting. gives you it gives you a sense of relief. Yeah. That's good. Yep. Well, we're it's it's uh, as much as we're all very sad to uh, to no longer have him with us. It's good to know that he's reunited and yeah. is no longer in pain. That's, and, that's and, very and he's good still to hear. with us. You know, he is still with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have a uh, we have one last question. This is a question that we ask every interview. Okay. If you could pick a scar on your body and tell me how you got it, I don't even know. I'm sure I've got a bunch on my head from punching myself. Um, Scars. First time I saw well, you got, perform, I've, you were punching yourself. Well, I, I, I still, <laughs> I still do. It's, it's never gone away. That probably <laughs> never go away. I like to think that I'm putting things together in there, but I think I'm just jostling more to part. Um, uh, it's just, I don't know. I, I've got had a couple shoulder surgeries. Those are pretty gnarly. Six, six scars, and they were brutal, beyond painful. I feel sorry for anybody that's had shoulder surgeries. They're miserable. Not one of one of the DJs from the show is having shoulder surgery right now. Right now. Right now. Oh my god. That's why he's not here. Oh, my heart goes out to you, brother. It's so 
I get, I did the first one and I swear to God, I thought I was going to kill myself. I was like, I cannot do this. I cannot handle this pain. It was incessant, relentless, nonstop. And you know what you do? You, and I'll tell your guy that's getting this done or whatever. You can't even wrap your head around it. It hurts so goddamn bad, you know, that first couple of days. And then all of a sudden one day, like the third day, I was like, okay, the only way I'm going to get through this is to go to focus when I wake up on feeling 1% better. Huh. If I, feel, I, like if I feel 1% better and I woke up the next day and I was like, I'm still in a lot of pain, but I know that I do feel 1% better. So tonight when I go to bed, I'm going to ask myself, do I, and I felt 1% better. And that's how I learned to manage the pain was by going, okay, I feel 1% better. Don't look at the whole thing because you're not just going to wake up and it's going to be gone. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not going to happen. Oh, yeah. But if you can focus on 1% better, you know, in any, in any situation in life, I suppose, if you could say, I feel 1% better today than I did yesterday, yeah, that's a absolutely. good thing. No, it's so, good life advice. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah. could use that as life advice. So just, uh, just work on feeling 1% better and uh, focus on that. And the next thing you know, you're 50% better, and then you're 75% better, and then you're 95% better. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And there you go. Well, that's that's very solid advice for you, and I'll, I'll make sure to pass that along. Make sure to pass it along. He's going through some pain right now. Well, thank you very much for your time. Once again, this is uh, Chad Gray from Hell Yeah. Their newest album, Welcome Home, came out back in September. If you haven't picked it up yet, do yourself a favor and uh, go check that out. It's got the riffs. Thank uh, you. Once again, this is the Beard from Metal Shop. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate Here, your time. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. This has been Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.